I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And Abby, this is the first time we've done Dinner Table Politics where you've actually had a political job, right? Am I, I right? I suppose so, yeah. Do you want to announce to the world your new internship? I want to announce to the world. It's, you're making it sound a lot more exciting than it actually is. Oh, well. You, but you're, you're working as, a, as an intern for yeah, the United Utah Party. I, I am. I am doing that. Well done. Thank I'm, you. I'm a big fan of the United Utah Party. So so this is the first step. You're moving outside of PD Bio nope. and becoming mm, a hardcore nope. partisan. Nope. I am mostly in it for the money. Oh, yeah. Big, but big bucks. Big you're making, bucks. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is good. Well... Uh, I can understand that, particularly this past week, that being a hardcore partisan may not necessarily be the future you want for yourself. That's accurate, yes. Uh, I mean, when you were talking to me about what we should talk about, I said we have no choice but to talk about Brett Kavanaugh. And that didn't thrill you to your bones. I dry heaved a little bit. <laughs> okay, give me just a little broad perspective as to why you dry heaved I'm a just bit. so tired of, like, it's just on... Every single platform, it's constantly being broadcast. Like, I, I went to the gym today, and, like, both CNN and Fox were just talking about it forever. And it's all anyone talks about. And I feel like everything that's going to be said has been said. Nobody's going to vote differently, honestly. I feel like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And it's just turned into this, like, horrible screaming contest. And, ugh, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. Oh, I'm, I am right there with you. So no, I, you're not. You, well, no, I wanted to talk about it, and you post about it on your Facebook, and you like get into giant flame wars in your comment sections. Well, so I posted a couple of blog entries about it. Actually, I posted one blog entry about it that essentially got me burned to a crisp. I was just attacked and 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 beaten up, ups down and sideways. I was the worst person in the world. I posted a much milder blog entry just saying this kind of nastiness is not helpful to anybody. And that didn't generate nearly as much heat. But I started snoozing people on Facebook. Have you ever snoozed anybody? Isn't it called muting? Well, muting is on Twitter. I don't do Uh, Twitter. No, I don't ever post on Facebook. Ever. I never post on Facebook. You're not a Facebook person. No. Because you're young and I'm old. And Facebook is for old people. Yes. Uh, well, is, is Twitter where you post in terms of talking about I'm more stuff? of a lurker, honestly. I don't yeah. post much. I don't like, I don't love social media in general, but if I do interact with it, I just like to look at dogs and celebrities and things. I don't like to post. Well, what happened is I, I just, I just felt so, so beaten up and just, I, I didn't want to mess with it at all. And everybody's emotions were so raw that there's a feature on Facebook where you can snooze someone for 30 days. Wow, thanks, Zuckerberg. Thanks, Zuckerberg. You can unfollow them, which means you'll never see anything from them. But I didn't want to unfollow oh, all yeah, these I've, people. Oh, yeah, I've done that. 
Yeah. Anyone from high school that posts more than one picture of their baby, gone. <laughs> Axed. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, I started snoozing everybody that was just getting really bitterly partisan over, over Kavanaugh. And what ended up happening was my news feed on Facebook became this very pleasant sort of place where there was nothing but cat videos and vacation pics. And I thought, whoa, this is kind of nice. Oh, my gosh. I'm really enjoying it. And, of course, that didn't last. Eventually, I posted a link to an article talking about it. And that that got some response. But, I mean, one person said to me, this article and you, my friend, disappoint me. And just they left can, it at that. They can say that, though. That's their opinion. Of course that's their opinion. But the, the hard feelings over this, the, the, the partisanship over this, is unlike almost anything I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, in terms of a political story, there hasn't been a political story like this. Well, that's not true. I think the 2016 election is a political story like this. But the feelings over the Kavanaugh nomination, I think, are just as strong as the feelings over Trump's victory in 2016. Would you, would you agree or disagree? Um, like in, in a negative, like people being upset, do you mean? People being upset, people feeling invested in it, people feeling. Like, I guess, like I, I can't, I, I'm assuming like if I asked any of these people, like do you, when, when was the last like Supreme Court nomination? Like. Last Supreme Court nomination was Neil Gorsuch right after Trump got in office. And there were. I don't remember that. Well, that's because, so, so when Neil Gorsuch was nominated. Um, there was there were predictions that it was going to be nuclear war, and the Democrats escalated it to nuclear war and threatened to filibuster. And through a Senate procedure, they just eliminated the filibuster for Supreme Court picks. So there was really nothing the Democrats could do to stop him, and it went through fairly quickly. Every single Democrat, no, that's not true. A handful of Democrats voted for him. But most of the Democrats opposed him, and it got rid of the judicial filibuster. And basically what's happened for decades has been this sort of tit-for-tat between the parties. And everybody insists the other party started it. Uh, but I think it started in 1987 with Judge Bork. We talked about this on, a, yeah. on our previous podcast, yeah. so we don't need to it's get into all It's just deja vu with all of this. I feel like we've just covered this. Well, but it is, but it's just so bizarre to see how strongly and angrily people are defending their position on this. And I have very strong feelings about it, too. Oh, we know. Oh, you know. And I, but I don't want, necessarily want to get into it. I, I don't want to get into the specifics about whether or not... Uh, I mean, yeah, everything has been said that can be said about the actual case. Yeah. Um, and, but I was surprised, for instance, I watched the testimony. I, I work from home and I had it on in the background. I wasn't just sitting there watching it. But I had it on in the background and I was surprised at how emotional I was becoming in watching the testimony. What? Yeah, I, I mean, well, how how much it resonated with me. I watched Judge Kavanaugh, and I watched him get angry. And I've got all these friends who say that was the most terrible thing in the world. Have you seen the Matt Damon Saturday Night Live piece? Uh, no. I've, oh, you haven't. I've I've made it a point to just avoid to tune it all yeah, out. Yeah, I just am trying to just focus on things that are important that I can actually control. Because I don't, getting mad about this does nothing. Do you so? So what I was going to tell you is that uh, you know my point of view as a straight white man 
there's a great there's this comedian that i love um he probably is not ksl appropriate named bo <laughs> bo burnham yeah and he has a song called called straight white man and it's it's really great it, it's really nice to straight white men no i didn't think so <laughs> it's, it's really funny though well one of the things in one of the facebook threads and i know you love it when i start t- telling you all about my facebook th- threads but one of them i said i'm under no illusions that i have fewer biases that i am looking at this more bias-free than anybody else. And then somebody jumped in and said, you really think you're bias-free more than anybody else? And I said, no, you didn't actually read what I said. I said exactly the opposite of that. But everybody is so eager to jump down everybody else's throat as we talk about this. Uh, so... You you are the one that posted, though. You were... You were you're right. You're right. I, I, you are not, like flawless here you, you well have... i'm not but it, it's amazing to me how many people demand that i post for instance okay 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 you, you don't buy that you your fans not my fans are banging my at the door no jim where's our post <laughs> jim we don't know what to think without you telling us <laughs> that's exactly right every single person listening to that is thinking that don't you you know that don't you yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and you have you have a cult following. Well, no, I don't have a cult following, but I have friends that I have uh, frequent political discussions with, and many of them were posting on my wall saying, "Okay, what do you think of this? And what do you think of this?" Uh, they don't call it a wall anymore. At the beginning of Facebook, it was your wall. Now it's your news feed. They were posting in my news feed. And I went in and actually changed the privacy settings on my news feed. This is interesting stuff. Aren't you here. fascinated? We so, talked about the intricacies of Facebook like for a good probably five minutes now. Well, well, I this is this is having an impact on my daily life in a way that most news stories don't. Okay. In most news stories, you watch it, you have an opinion, and you move on. This seems to somehow resonate in a way that people's daily lives are being affected. But that doesn't seem to be happening to you. I I, I have a lot going on. I have other <laughs> things I need to worry about. I have like three midterms this week. All right. Well, then I'm going to get your midterm perspective here when we get back from our break. All right. Well, what I was trying to say before I got into the intricacies of my Facebook feed was I've got a single, not single, I'm not single, I'm married. In fact, it was our 24th wedding anniversary yesterday. And you reminded us of that. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. That's depressing. I shouldn't say that. I got that text and I went, oh no. And then Laurel said, oh no. But we went out to lunch today. We had a, we had a lovely day today. And it was, oh good. Oh, it good. was delightful. So I appreciate that. Uh, but, uh, you know, my perspective as a an old white male Mm-hmm. is one that is frequently under fire. And I, you're not old. You are white. There's nothing I can do about I that. I am very Caucasian, you yes. Are, you are very Caucasian. My skin is fair. Uh, but you say this isn't having any kind of an impact on your life. Well, no, it's definitely having an impact. Like I was saying, like I'm, I'm having to make like a conscious effort to not get like bogged down in negativity, I feel, right now. Because every place you go, it's, it's like screaming and yelling. Um, which I, which I get, I totally get that people are, are feeling really, they're feeling lots of feelings about this. All the feelings. But, but from my perspective, I feel like the senators are going to vote how they were always going to vote. People talk about what Jeff Flake and the other ones is like, as like the possible heroes or whatever. Right. I feel like they're still going to vote 
how they were originally going to vote. Nothing's going to change anybody's minds. I not, Nothing I can do is going to make a difference. Like, you can call a senator's office and just get put on hold forever. Which is a really depressing and, like, nihilistic standpoint. But I don't know. At this point, it's... It's like, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, that's something people don't understand. Because uh, one friend of mine posted, here are the numbers of all the senators that are undecided. And actually, he posted, dial star six seven, which blocks your number, mm-hmm. and then call them. Oh, I know, I know star six seven. <laughs> yeah. You think you think he did prank calls, like leaving your number on caller ID, like a chump? No. <laughs> Did, have you ever done prank calls? Yeah, like back in the day in middle school, that was like when you were bored with your friends, you would be like, oh, let's call someone and ask if their refrigerator is running because that is comedy gold. Yeah, yeah. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Do you ever do that one? No, what's that one? Well, apparently there was a tobacco called Prince Albert and it came in cans and you'd call up tobacco shops and you'd say, do you have Prince Albert in a can? That is like such an old <laughs> reference. Like... Oh my god! It was old when we did it when I was in elementary school, but it was just the thing you called. You have Prince you, Albert. You get out. You'd get out your phone and like do the like windy thing on the wall. <laughs> those black old timey phones. No, I didn't do the windy thing, but I did do the rotary dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different from the windy thing in the old Andy Griffith show. I don't know. All right, so Prince Albert in a can, and then you say, "Of course, let him out," because you know that's funny. That's that's comedy gold. Uh, no, but you had people calling up these senators and I, I told you the story of when I used to answer phones for Alan Simpson. Uh, you might've, I probably have forgotten. You blocked, you blocked it out. I, I muted you. Yes. You, you muted you. You snoozed me for 30 days. I was an intern for Senator Alan Simpson of Wyoming and I manned the phones and Alan Simpson was a very controversial senator. Uh, particularly when he talked about Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid because he really felt like those programs needed to be cut back. And he would go down on the floor of the Senate and he would use language like, these greedy geezers need okay, to have okay. their... <laughs> get, get to the point. Well, the point was greedy geezers, or greedy or not, old people would get very angry and they'd start calling Senator Simpson's office and I would answer the phone. Mm-hmm. My instructions were as follows. Ask them where they're calling from and get an address from them so that Senator Simpson can send them a letter in response. And if it's an address that is not from Wyoming, which is where Senator Simpson was from, uh-huh. uh, say, please hold and put them on hold and leave them there until they hang up. Ooh. Unless it's unless, it's, unless it's not busy, in the which case you can sit there and listen to them politely, but take no note of it and then hang up if they're not from Wyoming. Yeah. And so, you know, these Florida retirees would call up. I'm so mad. Oh, where are you calling from? Well, I'm calling from Florida. And, Florida. Well, hold. America's basement. <laughs> yes, they'd be calling from America's basement and I would leave them on hold. And that made people really angry. Uh, and I would... I remember going to the chief of staff. Do you at least have like a jazzy hold song? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I think that's my just... favorite part of being on hold is just like the terrible elevator music they pipe into your ear really loudly, and you have to listen to it. Right. Well, they just didn't care. I mean, this was back in the day when people would say, "I want to call Newt Gingrich, who was the Speaker of the House." And you call Newt Gingrich, and Newt Gingrich, unless you're from that district in Georgia, he wouldn't pay any attention to you. So your point is that these people saying call these undecided senators isn't going to do anything? It's not going to do anything. It's not going to do any good. Which is depressing. Democracy. Democracy. Well, what's really bizarre is that 
people don't, I think, understand what's at stake here, what's actually going to happen. I had one friend say, uh, you know, my very life depends on making sure Kavanaugh doesn't get on the court. And I said, why on earth would your very life depend on it? And her answer was two words, pre-existing conditions. And I just stared at that and thought, what on earth can Judge Kavanaugh do about pre-existing conditions? That's not what the Supreme Court deals with. It, 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 people don't understand what the court does. They don't understand what and all of these sorts of things. So then you can't blame them for being scared and, and getting upset and being passionate about it if they think that their life is at stake. Like, you're, you're right. I can't blame them. I'm not angry with them. But, but I you're think, acting like, like holier than thou. Like, oh, these people are just dumb and they don't understand. Like, blah, 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 blah. Well, I, then I apologize. I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm, I'm trying to say I think that we could have more reasonable discussions if people understood what's actually happening. Reasonable and what's things actually, don't go viral. Well, that's very true. That's very true. And so you just kind of have to live with that. So, yeah, calls for moderation and reasonableness don't necessarily fire up the crowd. But calls for, you know, if you go on Twitter, the auto-suggest, if you type in a hashtag and write the word kill, the first auto-suggest is kill Kavanaugh. I mean, that's terrifying. That's that's where we are. People are there's, tweeting. Have you ever heard of Black Mirror? Uh, I have, oh, yeah. There's this episode where, like, they send out, they kill people that get, like, a certain amount of posts or something. Like, if enough people post about this one person, they'll, like, send out robotic bees to kill them. Well, that would be one way to deal with this situation. But when we get back, I want to talk about a few others. Last time we talked about the Supreme Court, we talked about the history of the Supreme Court. We also talked about Alexander Hamilton saying that he predicted it would be the least powerful, the least dangerous branch of government. That stupid idiot. That stupid idiot. So dumb. You should have shot Burr, you stupid idiot. Well, uh, your your uncle Nate, who's a professor of law. Shout out Nate. Shout out Nate, professor of law at the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, he talked about the fact that the reason why people are so interested in this is because the Supreme Court is politically salient. Is the word he used. Mm-hmm. But the Supreme Court does have political power and political influence. And there are other countries where the Supreme Court doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, most notably the UK. The UK Supreme Court uh, has to bow down to parliamentary supremacy and pretty much if the parliament wants to ignore what the Supreme Court has to say, they do. And nobody notices. It's like me um, to my mom in middle school. In middle school? Yeah. That went, that, that it stopped in middle school? I listen to her now-ish. <laughs> uh, well, what about your dad? You never listened to your dad. Yeah, you were you were like the people calling the senator. Yeah, <laughs> and I was the senator. Please hold. Well, uh, so this, but the uh, Supreme Court has political power, and I don't think that the founders really anticipated it would have as much political power as it does. And there have been times when leaders have chosen to ignore the Supreme Court. The uh, during the Civil War. Uh, Abraham Lincoln talked about a Supreme Court decision and said they've made their decision, now let them enforce it. In other words, I'm going Sassy to, Abe. Sassy Abe ignored the Supreme Court when he felt it was necessary to do so. But that doesn't happen now. Uh, so there are a lot of things, there have been some suggestions about things that can be done to reform the Supreme Court in order to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen with mm-hmm. regard to nuclear war over every single nominee. 
That would be great because I don't want this to ever happen again. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out at you. Right now, the Supreme Court is a lifetime appointment. Yeah. Um, term limits. Term limits. I would be down with that. Well, not just term limits. How about a term? A Supreme Court term. It's so not you a, just serve once and then you're booted? Well, the, the suggestion that I've heard is an 18-year term. Why 18? Because there are nine justices on the Supreme Court and you stagger those terms every two years, which means a new Supreme Court justice would come up before then Congress every two years. they can't all be years. friends just as they're getting close to each other. They'd they have, have 16 leave. years with each other. I mean, yeah, this first batch would get kicked out in two-year okay, two increments. Fair. But uh, that way you have predictable Supreme Court. And that way you wouldn't have – because one of the reasons why Kavanaugh is so um, – is so controversial, more so than Gorsuch was. Gorsuch was replacing Scalia, who was a reliable conservative, and he didn't change the makeup of the court that much. Now, everybody's assuming Kavanaugh is going to change the makeup of the court, but Kavanaugh is replacing Kennedy, who has been considered the swing vote on the court for a very long time, particularly Mm -hmm. on the issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. Kennedy's the one who wrote... uh, the decision legalizing gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Kennedy's the one who, in Casey versus Planned Parenthood, busy re- guy, man, refused to overturn Roe versus Wade. But Kennedy also, it's interesting. My friend, who's worried about pre-existing conditions, Kennedy was the one who wrote a fiery dissent in the Obamacare case, insisting that Obamacare was unconstitutional and should be overturned. And so Kennedy is a, has been a very reliable conservative on almost every issue except for abortion and gay rights, which are essentially the two issues that have been the most controversial mm-hmm. in recent decades. Uh, I don't think if Kavanaugh is confirmed, he's really going to change the dynamic of the court very much. But that isn't the popular perception. And if you had this sort of tiered 18-year term plan uh, then you wouldn't have a monopoly on the court between conservatives or between, um, you know. I think that'd be cool because then, like, um, you would just assume that, like, you, the presidential nominee that you're voting for is going to get two justices. Because that's another weird thing is, like, some presidents get a ton just depending on right what's in the water over the Supreme Court, how, if, they're, right. if they're living or dying or because – which is a crazy thing to kind of to think about, but yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be, I would, I would like that. I think another possibility is the idea of um, reconfirmation. Uh, for instance, every time I go and vote, you, you get a whole list of judges and said, "So such and such judge be reconfirmed to continue." Like that happens already. That that happens with lower court yeah, judges yeah, yeah, yeah. and local judges. So, I always, as a rule, vote against every single judge and their reconfirmation. I'm told why? that's not. I, it makes me feel like a rebel. Makes that's, me feel really cool. And I, do your research before voting. Well, the thing is, I I don't know anything about any of these judges. Then Nobody does. You have this cool thing called Google that you can just well. You can find someone's entire life story in like five minutes. Well, the reality is that. There is nothing. Uh, all these judges get reconfirmed, well, barring. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. So my high school government I think, teacher. I think the guy who. Uh, wait, I don't know what happened to him. The one that only gave Brock Turner like six months. Remember yeah. Him? That he wouldn't get reconfirmed. I can't remember if he resigned or wasn't reconfirmed or something like that. But yeah, it's you're kind of kind of your point that barring a giant scandal. Well, gonna we gave a shout out to 
to your uncle, I'm going to give a shout out to Lee Shagan, who's my high school government teacher. We're just handing out shout outs left and right. Lee Shagan is, was, was, was my favorite teacher, just a magnificent, very funny, brilliant guy. And he talked about, because in our last podcast where we're talking about the Supreme Court, I talked about Bork being the first uh, judge where all this happened. And, yeah. he, and he pointed out that it actually began in California before that. There was a California judge by the name of Rose Bird who was opposed to the death penalty and refused to enforce the death penalty. That's a really like, pretty poetic name. Rose Bird? Rose Bird. Well, for the very first time... Uh, Republicans mounted a huge campaign to get rid of Rose Bird. You know her? We want to kill people! <laughs> That's right. Uh, George Will just wrote a column saying that he's opposed to the death penalty. I am as well. I, that, we don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that. That would be a good podcast topic. Let's let's make a note of that. We need to talk about the death penalty. Yeah, and then we can also talk about uh, everyone's last meals. Have you ever looked up that? No. That is a fascinating thing. You can, like, they stopped doing it, but they used to, people on death row, they would give, like, for their last meal, they could ask for anything, basically. Right. And they would get it. Like I thought there was a dollar amount limit. They're no? probably, I don't know, but KFC is a popular. Popular item. last. Yeah. I, I've said many times when I go to Joe's Crab Shack that, Barb, you know, Joe's, Cajun Crab is, really is my. depressing. Joe's Crab Shack. Yeah, yeah that's oh, my death row They're meal. not going to sponsor you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Freaking gross. If I shout out that they're my death row meal, you don't think they'll sponsor this I podcast? I don't think so. All right. Well, you never know. Uh, shout out to Joe's Crab Shack. Anyways, You're my Rose, death row meal. Rose Bird. Rose Bird was the first judge on a wide scale to not be confirmed. And Lee Shagan insisted that that was the precedent that the people who wanted to defeat Robert Bork's nomination the year later, okay. they followed that same game plan. Okay. But what that does is say, see, the Republicans started it. Whereas the Republicans say, see, the Democrats started it with Bork. And then you have the Democrats going after Clarence Thomas. And then you have the Republicans, Republicans refusing to seek Merrick Garland. See, what's happening... Stupid, stupid, stupid. What's happening here is the goal here is to make sure that Kavanaugh goes down and then hold the nomination until after the midterms, hope that the Democrats take the Senate in the midterms, and then leave the court with an empty seat for two years. That'd be pretty legendary if that worked. Well, it worked for the Republicans for one year, because Scalia died at the beginning of 2016, and Republicans refused to consider Merrick Garland. And they just said, we're not going to hold a hearing on him, we're not going to do anything, we're just going to leave the seat empty. And they blamed it on Joe Biden. That's so weird. Like, they're supposed to be, ser- I don't know, just politics suck. <laughs> like, they're supposed to be serving the country. Like, what is happening? That's like, exactly right. That's And that's completely lost in this. At this point, this is just a partisan grudge match. And people are fighting back and forth. And I don't think they even understand what they're fighting for to a large degree. It's just, let's pummel the other guy into submission. And off we go. And it it's it's deeply deeply frustrating. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, th- that seems to be the goal. But there are ways around that too. And I'm I'm going to steal some more from your uncle Nate and talk about that when we get back. Okay. All right. Here's a question. Can you name all four Beatles? Yes. They are. Um, John, Paul, Ringo, George. Okay, good. Easy. Easy. I'm amazed at how many millennials cannot name all four Beatles. That's ridiculous. Can you name all nine justices on the Supreme Court? 
RBJ, RB, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I was right. going to say J. No J. No, it starts with a G. Um, uh, and that's Clarence it. Thomas. Clarence Thomas. That's two. Um, Gorsuch. Gorsuch. Uh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to put you on the spot. Just a lot of old people. A lot of old people. Uh, I think Ginsburg's the oldest. Stephen Breyer is the other one that Clinton appointed. Uh, you also have John Roberts as the Chief Justice. You have Samuel Alito. Okay, I knew John Roberts. You knew John Roberts. Yeah. Um, who have we left out? There's there's one other dude. Um, Pete Best. No, no, uh, we haven't mentioned two women, actually. There's uh, Sotomayor and um, Kagan. It was a joke because he was the original drummer for the Oh, the, the original Beatles. drummer for the Beatles. He'd be yeah. a great Supreme Court Justice, wouldn't he? I don't know what he's doing. Hopefully uh, he's doing well. I hope he is, too. I've actually seen videos of the Pete Best Band. I think they, they're available for weddings and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but, uh, okay, can you tell me how many justices the Constitution demands be on the Supreme Court? It just says an odd number, doesn't it? It, does, it doesn't. Wait, uh, how many it demands beyond what? Yeah, how many, how many justices does the Constitution say should be on the Supreme Court? Just an odd number. I does thought. it say an odd number? I didn't I even, know, even know. think it said that. I don't know. I don't know anything. Well, the answer is we... Ask me more about the Beatles. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, you need to watch Paul McCartney's interview on 60 Minutes. It was really wonderful. Okay. He doesn't read music, which is fascinating to me. Uh, the Constitution does not enumerate the number of judges. Does mm-hmm. it, uh, it may say there's an odd number. I hadn't heard that. You I may don't be know. right. I probably just made that up. But, uh, you know, um, FDR tried to stack the court and just put a whole bunch of justices on there to have 15 justices. And the Congress tomorrow said, could turn this is around. too crowded. This building isn't big enough. They didn't used to have nine. When it first began, I think it was five, either five or seven. Mm-hmm. was an odd number. And as you tour the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., you can go through the original Supreme Court building. Yeah, I think we've talked about that. We've talked about that. And, and it's really, a, really riveting stuff there. Oh, no, it's, 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 but the, the point is that. No, it's not. It's boring. The, the, the norms of the court are established almost entirely by tradition rather than by law. And we are, we are seeing the norms of the tradition, court. Tradition, tradition. Uh, I think we may have to pay royalties now that you're singing oh, that song. Crap. Uh, change the notes. Edit a that bit. out in post. <laughs> fair use. We're going to claim fair use. Uh, the, the norms of the court are eroding with every one of these ridiculous, over the top nuclear war confirmations. Here's what we're going to do in 100 years Hunger Games style put all the nominees into the court chamber. Give a couple of them some spears and stuff and say, go to town, last man standing. I've, we're this close to doing that now. And, and Judge Kavanaugh made it very clear that he lifts, his, lifts weights with his buddies every stinking day. And so I think he would do very well in that kind of an environment. Yeah, I don't know how Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have fared. It might be, might be tricky. But she might have been like one of those really wily ones that like makes alliances and then stabs them in the back. Oh, man. That'd be a good movie. You know, the fact that you have that plan for the Supreme Court, I don't know if I should be really proud of you or really disturbed. I think I'm a little bit of both. That's all I ever wanted, really. (laughs) That's all you were ever looking for from your parents? Well, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, By the time, you know, we're going to put this up. This is going to go up on Tuesday. and, And by then, this whole thing could have exploded and there could be all kinds of new... 
new things. But I, I just think it's essential that as we go through these kinds of really divisive moments in history, and, and this is a moment in history. We post about it as much as possible. Well, I don't think there's any problem posting Use about it. Use all of the hashtags. Use all of the hashtags, but treat each other, no matter where your what your point of view is on this, treat each other with kindness. Except Nazis. Nazis can... Ugh. Yeah, you don't miss, you should, get out of here. Don't treat Nazis with kindness. I don't know. I, it, Punch a Nazi in the face if you see one. Yeah. Okay. If, if, if I give you Nazis, this message has been endorsed by Abby Bennett. <laughs> if I give you punching Nazis in the face, could you agree that we shouldn't punch anybody else in the face? I, I mean, that's I, such a broad rule. There's there's exceptions to everything. Okay. Let's not punch most people in the face. Okay. That's the that's, conclusion, the takeaway from I this guess, episode of I Dinner guess Table Politics. I guess I'll concede on that. So if you're listening to this on the radio, again, we ask you, please sign up at, uh, well, not sign up, just subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes. We're also at the KSL Podcast Center. And uh, you can listen to back episodes. You can listen to our previous Kavanaugh episode. We can explain more about how Facebook works, all, it, of the, all, all the fancy buttons. All the fancy buttons. And hopefully we won't have to talk about Kavanaugh again. But uh, I, my message, I think, is let's be nice to each other. Let's be kind, not just nice. Nice is polite. But kind is, even if you disagree, you can still be kind. And then you can go scream into your pillow if necessary. That's exactly right. This is Jim Bennett. This is Abby Bennett. See you next time. Go on punch some Nazis. <laughs> <laughs>